On the block, on demand. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. I may have some news for you in a moment. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Continue standing by. Okay, not 10. 25-footer, yes! Off the glass and in! An assassin, Stone Cold! Somebody in Vegas told him they were going to win by 20! The Bills make me want to Taylor, going to take his shot, throwing in zone, he's got weapons, touchdown! They didn't look into your heart, they didn't look into my heart! The Boston Red Sox are world champions! This is On The Block. Here is your host, Brent Axe. ESPN Radio 97.7. I'm 100.1. ESPN Radio Utica Road. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board as always. You can listen online from all points in the world. They do have the internet on computers now. It's ESPNSyracuse.com. You can also listen via the ESPN app. That is a terrific way to stay in touch with us wherever you go. You've got the app on your phone. If you don't put the app on your phone, there's a listen tab there. You hit that. You punch in Syracuse, and off you go, my friends. Wherever you go, we're going with you. Except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. 437-7644. That is a magical phone number. It'll get you in touch with us. You can talk sports on the radio. What a cool thing to go home and tell mom. You can hit me on Twitter where the show never stops. Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. We've got plenty to discuss today. Syracuse football on our minds. As the Orange enter a badly needed bye week, has there ever been such a thing as not a badly needed bye week? Actually, yes. Remember when Syracuse had a bye week a couple years ago in week two and how useless that was? But typically the narrative is, boy, this team really needs a bye week. But this is a team that could kind of use a bye week, so... The collective feeling around Syracuse football into the bye week. Your first place, Buffalo Bills, ladies and gentlemen. Winning a game, I have seen them lose over and over again, and I heard a stat today that blew me away, even for the Bills, when it comes to those situations and a trend the Bills finally got by. We will discuss that. The New York football Giants, speaking of badly needed bye weeks, the Jets... Well, they're no longer tanking, so what are we doing here? Plenty of football to get into, including the college football weekend. Other than Syracuse, we'll go on the blind side as we do every fr- uh, every Monday. Pardon me. We will do some hot takes as usual. But I do want to start there. I want to start with some Syracuse football and start with Dino Babers. And what Dino Babers said after Syracuse's loss to Miami On Saturday, and I feel like I have to keep telling myself this because the collective feeling around Syracuse isn't that they lost on Saturday, even though we all saw them lose. But here's what he said after the game. I I guarantee you people aren't excited about playing us. The four teams that are left, they're not saying, oh, goody, here comes Syracuse. I guarantee you that. Definitely not. Florida State is just having a lost season. They're 2-4 and now. They are fighting just to be bowl eligible. This is a team that has won a national championship in recent years. This is a team that started the season, the number 3 team in the country, and yes, they lost their quarterback, but it's still Florida State. 
they're still deep enough and talented enough that they should not be two and four at this point. They don't want to see Syracuse coming. Wake Forest certainly doesn't want to see Syracuse coming because Wake Forest is going through one of the biggest gauntlets in college football right now. Syracuse certainly has a tough schedule. Go take a peek at Wake Forest. And by the time they get to Syracuse, they're just going to be exhausted. Louisville is a team that, you know, got by on the hair on their chinny-chin-chin against Florida State this past weekend. Lamar Jackson shows up and gets 400 total yards, but can he beat the rest of the teams on their schedule by himself? Maybe he can because he's that freaking good, but they're not a team that wants to see Syracuse coming. Boston College, don't look now, kids, is getting better. They have dropped 40 points in consecutive games. They throttled Virginia over the weekend. They've kind of found themselves. Their quarterback is settling in. They're running the football extremely well. So that Syracuse-BC game at the end of the year is going to turn into perhaps another classic Syracuse-BC game. And We've seen a couple of those season-enders between the Orange and the Eagles turn into terrific games, and it could be another one. So maybe they don't care who they face because their momentum is building and their confidence is building. But Dino Babers is on to something in seeing that. Here is Dino on kind of the state of the Orange as they enter their bye week after, again, let me stress to you, they lost to Miami on Saturday. Between Ish and Irv, uh, Strickland getting 100 yards rushing for the very first time versus a a very, very good defense. Uh, And our quarterback with the way our offensive line is gelling and then you put that with a defense – and, oh, yeah, did you see the field goal kicker today? So there's a, there's a lot of positives. It's just it's hard to swallow when you don't win. So we'll go back. It's break. We're 4-4. Four and four. We got the toughest schedule in the country, and we're 4-4. Four and four. And then guess what? You know, we got two more on the road and two more at home in the Loud House. And I guarantee you we're going to be ready to play those four games. That's Dino Babers after Syracuse's loss to Miami on Saturday. We've got more between the coach, but I wanted to play this one as well. What is the biggest difference he sees at this point here in 2017 as opposed to, say, a year ago in 2016? I think the biggest difference is our quarterback is still standing up. Last year, we didn't have him. We went four games without him. This year, we got we still got him. We're going into a break. Hopefully, we'll get a lot of players back that are hurt. You know, we haven't played with our start and defensive end since the first quarter at LSU. You know what I mean? There was a there was some critical plays out there that could have been made, and our defense is playing great, and it still could have been made. And we're going to be I, – I guarantee you people aren't excited about playing us. The four teams that are left, they're not saying, oh, goody, here comes Syracuse. I guarantee you that. So there's kind of the extended cut of the teams that don't want to see Syracuse play. And Dino is 100% correct in saying everything that he just said. Thanks, Brent. Oh, you're welcome, Coach. This is something that is going to give a certain uh, faction of people a hard time. They're the people I uh, like to affectionately refer to on this program as the Dementors. And those of you that are familiar with Harry Potter know what Dementors are. They are beings that exist, that feed off of, that live for negativity. Makes them breathe. Keeps them round. They thrive on it. There is a certain faction of people in sports of all things, sports, which is supposed to be a distraction from life, supposed to be generally fun, although uh, we've certainly discussed our fair share of serious issues, kneeling anybody, in recent weeks. And sports and politics and sports and life intercede. You can't just say this is a distraction away from the real world as much as we try and make it to be that, but the general purpose of it is it's an activity to distract, to get away from 
the rigors of everyday life. And within that world of sports, as much as people claim to be fans of teams or supporters of teams, you only hear from them when things are going bad. Now, that's not to say you should be a sheep and only say things that support the team. I like people that are there. My kind of fan is the fan that is just there. They know the team that they follow. They're educated about the team that they follow. They have opinions either way. They can be negative. They can be positive. But they generally are there to see and hope that their team succeed. You would be surprised how many people that call themselves fans of teams I don't think exist for that. So if you are a Dementor, you're having a hard time with this because let's look at this. Okay, let's make no mistake about the fact that Eric Dungy cost Syracuse that football game on Saturday. I don't think that's crazy of a statement to make. You live and die with the play of your quarterback. Yet what is the narrative today, and it's an accurate one, about Eric Dungy? What words come to mind when I say the name Eric Dungy right now? Tough, gutsy, uh, mortal combat perhaps with those flying, you know, or maybe Bobby Boucher with the double kick that he pulled twice in that game. Remember coming into the season, what did everybody say? Ooh, that Eric Dungy, he's got to be careful out there. Don't go around getting hit now, Eric. What are we saying today? Yeah, go get him, man. Take him on, baby. Right? Now, there are some that watch that and cringe because, as you just heard Dino Baber say in the clip we played, they need that guy around if they're going to continue to be the feared team that they are, the team nobody wants to play the team that has as many wins as they did all of last season with four games to go and bowl eligibility in their sights. And I dare to say bowl eligibility is expected at this point. So they are that team no one wants to play. And one of the big differences is that their quarterback is still around. And another big difference is depth, while it still needs to be built up, is ever-present on this team. They do not have Antoine Cordy. They do not have Kendall Coleman. They do not have Josh Black. They do not have Scoop Bradshaw. And they're still making plays on defense. Syracuse lost again. Syracuse had another first half where they could not get out of the gate. The common thread, the three times Syracuse has left Onondaga County this year, has been what? They don't start well and have to dig themselves out of a hole in the second half. That is something that a bye week will present the opportunity to fix because when they come out of that bye week, they're on the road again against a Florida State team that is not the Florida State we know, love, and fear, but it's still Florida State. And, you know, I wondered aloud on Twitter today if Syracuse would be favored in that game. Probably not, but if Florida State's going to be favored, it's not going to be by much. That being said, it's a road game in Syracuse. It's a 12-20 kickoff, as we found out today, by the way. And it's, the road is a place Syracuse has not gotten the engines cranking like they need to. So there's something that's correctable. But again, what is the narrative? And the LSU, NC State, and now Miami games, Syracuse gave those three teams all they could handle in the second half. They outscored all three of those teams in the second half. And Syracuse fans came out of those games in kind of an interesting spot. And I, I tweeted this over the weekend, and I was overwhelmed by the reaction that this tweet got. And the tweet was that Syracuse fans are in an interesting spot right now. That is a tough game to lose, as Dino said after the game, and I'm paraphrasing this one, but it was basically like, 
you know, these are tough to swallow when you lose. But there is something that swats away the Dementors. It is undeniable that this Syracuse football program is on the rise. It is undeniable that this Syracuse football program is enjoyable to watch. It is undeniable that this Syracuse football program is making progress. It is undeniable that Syracuse football needs to, as we said last week, and you know you can get punch drunk and say this after beating Clemson, but it exists again. John Wildhack better be going over that contract with a fine-tooth comb, Dino's contract, and start closing loopholes. And if that means to pay that man his money and his staff their money, whatever it takes, you do it. You do it. So the people that love to thrive on negativity, they're not having a good day because I don't have to deal with the snarky, is it basketball season yet questions. I don't have to deal with the people that are already pulling the ripcord and saying the ridiculous things they do about Syracuse football this time of the year. As they go into their bye week, it'll fade a little bit until they come back on November 4th. But this is a fan base that is engaged. People are coming back to the program and watching football that have been away and, and have had every reason not to be engaged, have had every reason not to be as fully involved in this as they usually are. I'm not saying those people were wrong, but the tide is turning. And if you don't recognize that, then you are a troll. You're just somebody who enjoys being negative and will seek out the negative. And there's just certain people in life that do that, right? What did uh, Alfred say in The Dark Knight? Some people just like to watch the world burn. That's what I, first of all, what I'm most encouraged by is that the diehard fans that that are there through the thick and thin, game in and game out, and have watched a lot of bad football or average football with some highlights here and there over the last, whatever it is, decade or so, wherever you want to draw that line in the sand, now have a program that rewards them for that loyalty. Because we're in a society, and I guess you could say this about any time, but we're in a society where you want to be rewarded for your commitment. You want to make it feel like I invested my time and my money in this. I need to get something back from it. And Syracuse football is doing that. And again, they lost. But we are beyond moral victories here. This is not one of those, you know, win one for the good old college team and way to give it the old try. No one's handing out participation trophies here. But we see where this is going, and we see that there's work to be done and flaws to be corrected. But you also see that this is a program that is getting better, that has given three top 25 teams a fight and lost by less than 10 points and defeated another one. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. And the text line is 2880644. So we will continue to discuss that here a little bit more on what Dino Baber said. I hope Eric Dungy is like in half asleep in a hot tub right now because my man earned his bye week. He made some critical errors in that game that he needs to go over the film and not make again because there's a pattern there. And it the pattern is on the road where this seems to happen. So that is a box that Syracuse still needs to check, figuring out how to be self-starters and correct those mistakes that seemingly happen on the road. But again, that's part of the process here. 
We will get into some Bills, Giants, and Jets and recap the NFL weekend coming up. We've got a lot to do. Steve, I see you on hold. I definitely want your thoughts, so hang in there. Steve will lead us off next. Why don't you uh, get in line behind him at 437-7644. We're back after this on the block. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Heading down Electric Avenue. On the Block. Glad to have you. What's happening? Happy Monday. Did you guys have a good weekend? Who wants to go see a terrific film? Have a free meal. That's right. Absolutely free. There's no such thing as a free meal, right? Wrong! We're going to give you a free meal, and we're going to give you a chance to win the complete ESPN 30 for 30 library. And this is all part of what? Next week, Thursday, November 2nd at the Red House Arts Center in downtown Syracuse, we are going to premiere. You will see it before it airs on television. You will see it before anybody. The new ESPN 30 for 30 Nature Boy, the Ric Flair story. And caller number five is going to get a pair of passes to be there right now at 437-7644. It's brought to you by our friends at United Auto Supply and ESPN Syracuse. Again, what you get is two passes to see the movie before it airs on television. We're premiering, and if you are at our Mike and the Mad Dog screening or heard about our Mike and the Mad Dog screening, you're going to want to be at this. Free pregame meal courtesy of your friends here at ESPN Syracuse. Prizes there, including a chance to win the entire 30 for 30 library. I'm going to stick around, do a fun Q&A afterwards, so it's going to be a fun night. Thursday, November 2nd is when we're doing it. Caller 5, you win it. Nature Boy, the Ric Flair story at the Red House Arts Center. Hit me with that fancy open. Let's do some hot takes. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the That it is, my friends. So Tyler Lydon has been sent to the G League by the Denver Nuggets. Oh, should have got that. Should have come back, Brent. You should have. They needed another year of development. I told you, it's going to end up in the G League. Should have come back to Syracuse. I mean, are we going to start? These ridiculous arguments again. You do realize the G League is a professional sports league. That title Lydon is still a first-round draft pick. He still has guaranteed money. He can dedicate himself 100% to basketball with pro coaching. And, oh, by the way, he's getting paid for his labor, as I see uh, Chris say on Twitter here and, and puts it uh, gloriously. He is in the first year of his NBA career. The G League is a development league. Sometimes being a professional doesn't mean you're out of the shoot playing 30 minutes a night in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. It means you are a professional basketball player. He was the seventh straight Syracuse player taken in the first round, and you can debate the merits of how worthy he was of that old day, given the system we're in, the one and he's not even a one-and-done, but the one-and-dones and everything, and Do not proclaim success or failure based on being sent to the G League. We are far away from making that declaration, but you're going to make it anyway. But I'll I'll make this declaration. Don't make any declarations because he got sent to the G League. I mean, that's hot. It was there. They're out there, man, already. I told you. Should have come back for another year. No, no, no. We don't know. 
How does being sent to the G League automatically equate? Ah, she should have come back. No. You game the system the way it's gamed. And if his goal was to be an NBA basketball player, get paid, and develop his skills at that level, then guess what? He's already a success. Already a success. If we're down this road six, seven years from now, he's in and out of the league, he's gone. And again, people that say, oh, he's going to end up in Europe. You do know they pay you to play basketball in Europe and other places, right? Again, people see this as some kind of bust or failure if they don't become the next big thing at the NBA. You know how hard it is to succeed, be a star in the NBA? It's pretty freaking hard. Uh, Played in Europe for eight years. You know how much money these guys make? Sometimes they make more there than they make here, and that doesn't always equate success, but I just love how people are so quick to brush this off. A lot of these guys made more money than you'll ever see in your life playing in smoky gyms in Turkey, right? It's professional basketball. What an incredible streak that came to an end over the weekend, and because it happened with the Cleveland Browns, perhaps it went unnoticed. I'm going to throw a number at you here. 10,363. An NFL record streak of snaps consecutively. The Cal Ripken of football got hurt on Sunday. Browns left tackle Joe Thomas left the game against the Tennessee Titans in the third quarter. What was later announced as a tricep injury in his left arm. Ending a streak where the third overall pick in the 2007 NFL draft played 10,363 snaps. Just let that sink in for a moment. Think of all the ailments and the reasons that players will miss a game or two, concussions, or this is torn, or this ankle, or that, in an extremely physical sport. This guy is in the trenches, game in and game out, playing for an awful football team, by the way. We'll have to pull up that clip of when Joe Thomas was asked to name all, and at the time it was 20, it's actually higher than this, all 20 starting quarterbacks that he's blocked for. And there's a guy with dedication to his craft who has been in the NFL Siberia since he came in, but has played for the Cleveland Browns with the heart, the determination, and the ferocity that somebody, you know, with one of the best teams in the league would play with. And that needs to be commended. That's an incredible streak and arguably a better streak than some we've seen. I mean, Cal Ripken playing every baseball game for as long as he did. That's pretty darn impressive, but there there could be some baseball. And he played shortstop, right? So, listen, you're seeing the ball every game at shortstop. That makes that impressive. But let's face it, baseball, there's some days you can be out left field and never see the ball. To be in the trenches, game in and game out in football, all the piles he's been in, all the opportunities – to, you know, just twist an ankle or tear this or, you know, pull that or, you know, the knee injuries and the and the wear and tear of being in an, in an NFL offensive line for 10 years. And he made it that far. Absolutely incredible. That's hot. Hats off to Joe Thomas. So uh, this is becoming a bit of a problem in college football. Have you seen this? So Lavert Hill, he is a cornerback from Michigan, told uh, some fans in Michigan's 42-13 loss at Penn State this weekend, that number eleven is his favorite were is his favorite number. That they're number one. He didn't go one. He went double birds. He went Brian Cox. Dated Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills reference for some of you that will remember that, and some of you probably like Seth would be like, "Who's that?" 
You know you're getting old when you're using Brian Cox references on the air. Anyway, this happened at Tennessee, too. What is it with, and I know they're college kids, there's a lot of adrenaline flowing, and, you know, that's what he said in his statement. I sincerely regret my appropriate gesture at the end of the game. I let my emotions get the best of me and learned a valuable lesson. I'm truly sorry for this offensive gesture and vow that it will not happen again. Pardon me if I don't believe you. And don't take that the wrong way, but you're a college kid. College kids do stupid things. The kid at Tennessee, same thing. Think of all the dumb things you did in college, as the great chef from South Park once said. There's a time and a place for everything. It's called college. It doesn't mean you should do that, but I don't believe your apology. Maybe you did learn, but I would think by now, okay, emotion and certain highs that people get from all kinds of things, drugs, adrenaline, sex, can make you do things you would never imagine you could do. All right, so for him to say, I've learned from my actions, I would think by now, flipping the double bird to a large crowd of people is something you would have learned is not a good thing. It took you till now to learn that. Oh, you're not supposed to do that? Oh, I'm not supposed to go double bird on a crowd. Tennessee's Rashawn Golden did the same thing. By the way, to Bama fans. And he didn't even do anything. His teammate returned an interception for a touchdown during what was a blowout loss. And I can't believe Butch Jones is still employed as the head coach of Tennessee, but that's inevitable, right? And John Gruden's going to come in and save the day, right? If you're going to double bird Bama fans, at least be the guy that returned the interception. For the touchdown. Is that too much to ask? I mean, I think the Michigan guy actually did something in that game. Yeah, it's seven tackles, broke up a pass, but the 42 points surrendered by Michigan's defense, the highest total that that team has allowed in the past three years. By the way, this whole Jim Harbaugh thing, I mean, the khakis and what he's done to turn around the program and his personality, I mean, he's almost worth every penny. Go look at Jim Harbaugh's record against good teams. It's a losing record at Michigan. So there's still work to be done there. I think we anointed him the saint of college football a little too soon. So if you're going to double bird somebody, uh, first of all, don't. But second of all, if you're going to double bird somebody, can you at least have done something first? At least the Michigan guy made a few tackles, made a few plays in that game. Tennessee guy. That's hot. Don't be riding your teammates' coattails. But I just love this. I have learned from my actions Oh, it took that for you to learn. You're not supposed to double bird thousands of people in a public setting. I see. Because that's normal otherwise. And on that note, we'll take a break. We didn't get to our Bills, Giants, Jets talk. We will certainly do that. Pardon me. We need to be accurate on this program. That would be your first place. Buffalo Bills. Thank you. We strive for accuracy on this program. More on Syracuse football. Uh, another grumpy letter to the editor today about Syracuse football, which we'll get into. Plus, we'll go on the blind side. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent uh, It is, and, and we like to play this because it's, it's got the voice guy on it, and it says, Welcome back, and uh, I am a fan of Flock of Seagulls, but um, let's cue it up. 
bills make me wanna Go on now. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. You know you love it. Come on You've been now. For the it. bills are making it happen now. <laughs> Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout it right now, baby. At your first place. Winning a game they have no business winning. I've seen this movie before. They're going to blow it. Tyrod Taylor's going to throw a pick. Sean McCoy is going to fumble. Something bad's going to happen. But it didn't. You know what happened? The Bills won a football game. For the first time in history. Trailing by seven points with three minutes to go. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The bills make me wanna. Ah, you knew it was coming, kids. But, you know, isn't that an amazing stat? That's a real stat. That is a real football stat. I saw this today. I had to check it. It's true. The Elias Sports Bureau and our friend Sal Mariana, who writes for the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle, put this out today. And, and I could not believe I saw it. But it is a real factual thing. Yesterday, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, the 30-27 win by the Bills over Tampa Bay was the first time in franchise history that the Bills have rallied to win a home game in which they trailed by at least seven points in the final three minutes of the fourth quarter. That game felt odd. It felt like a win they shouldn't get. Good teams win those games, which tells you the hump the Bills have gotten over or are attempting to get over by winning a game like that, but that is an incredible stat. And I know you can manipulate stats. This is the first time since there was a full moon. And, you know, I mean, stats are stats, right? But that felt like a stat that didn't exactly blow me over when I read it, but the first time in history. But that's just it. I've seen this movie. They lose games like that, but not yesterday. And they did it with Deontay Thompson, who they signed off the street on Tuesday making the biggest plays offensively, and a guy named Tywan Jones making plays, and Tyrod Taylor blasting the narrative that he can't lead a team back in the fourth quarter. He had over 300 yards combined, but a lot of that was through the air, and LaShawn McCoy finding a way to run the football. I was on with our friend Sal Capaccio on WGR in Buffalo on Saturday, and I said, this is real nerdy, but I think what the Bills need to do is simplify their their blocking schemes. You could tell the offensive line's overwhelmed. Sean McCoy doesn't know where to go. I hope the bye week presented a simpler game plan. And you could see it yesterday, and Rick Dennison, the offensive coordinator, admitted as much today. Yeah, we pared it down. We simplified it coming in. So Bills fans have to... It's funny how Bills and Syracuse football kind of correlate right now. You can see where they're going. They're not there yet. There's work to be done, but... You'll watch this team and have a belief that they can win these games now. now. The Bills start a hell of a run against some really good quarterbacks coming up. Derek Carr with the Raiders this week. By the way, usual bet that I have with uh, Syracuse.com sports manager Jason Murray. So the Bills and Raiders have played a lot the last couple of years. We had a jersey bet, which I lost. We had a lunch bet. Which I lost. And now, here's the bet this year. So, depending on the outcome of the Bills-Raiders game, the loser has to change their Twitter avatar to the opposing team's logo for a week. 
So let's go Buffalo so I don't have an Oakland Raiders logo as my Twitter avatar for a week and have to explain over why'd you change why I thought you were a Bills fan, Raiders and a Yes, I lost a bet. I don't want to have to say that about three hundred times next week. But look, that stat, the way the Bills won that game, making plays, Tredavious White makes a huge play every game, overcomes mistakes, how they're building depth players. I I want to see Logan Thomas at tight end a little bit more, and there's something happening there, man. It's not going to be easy. There's a three-way tie in first place in the AFC East, and even the second-place team, the Jets, um, did you guys not get the memo about tanking this year? And I know the Giants are tanking, and now Sam Darnold, they're not tanking, they're just losing. But not even Sam Darnold is out of the draft. Apparently, he's not coming into the draft next year. He's got enormous stats, but USC just finds new and creative ways to lose games. I mean, they got thumped this weekend by Notre Dame. Sam Darnold, I watched Sam Darnold, I'm like, he's got great numbers, he's got great form. I could see why the scouts drool over him, but he makes some decisions during games, it it just blows me away. So you don't even have the top prize in the draft anymore. So maybe the Jets and the Bills were right, and Sean McDermott even brought it up today. He brought up the T word. He said a lot of people felt that we were tanking before the season began. Well, I think we're showing that we're not. The NFL's weird this year in some ways. I mean, there's parody and all that fun stuff. There's a lot of, if this makes any sense, good, bad teams out there. The NFC has been flipped on its head. Other than you'll see the Eagles and Redskins tonight. If the Eagles win, they'll have a firm hold as the best team in the NFC. But look in the NFC. The Rams are 5-2. and two. You know, there's opportunity with Aaron Rodgers' injury for other teams to step up. In that division, the NFC South is wide open. So through, what are we, through seven weeks of the NFL? I mean, there's some things we know, but is parity good? Is wide openness good? Kansas City and Philly are kind of the standout best teams in the NFL right now, even though Kansas City lost on Thursday night in that weird Raiders game that ended three times. At least as a Bills fan, you can feel good. Because I think even when they won four in a row last year and some other blips on the radar screen... In recent years, including under uh, okay, Rex Ryan, so- yes, him, you're like this is this is not going to end well. Something's going to happen here. I get the opposite feeling, and it's not just McDermott. Brandon Bean signs Deontay Thompson, beating the Patriots to him. By the way, off the street, dude's got 110 yards and a huge catch in that game. So at least Bills fans have the confidence, like they're going somewhere here. And in an NFL where everybody's Somewhere between good, bad, and average bad. And I mean, there's no other than Philly in Kansas City, there's no standouts. Everybody else is kind of in the middle of the pack, or it's the other end. You've got Cleveland and a couple teams that are just awful, right? But everybody else is kind of in this jumbled mess in the middle where you can come out of it, be nine and seven, and say, oh, wait, we're going to the playoffs. A foreign concept to most Bills fans listening out there. It's been 17 years and counting. Is that streak going to end? Well, we'll see. It's going to take a heck of a lot more than beating Tampa Bay. But it's the way they beat Tampa Bay in a scenario where time after time after time, the movie is they'll blow this. They'll find a way to lose this. They did not yesterday. 
And a lot of the narratives that surrounded this team started to fade. Now, they've got to keep that going when it matters. But at least the collective feeling is changing, and that's good news. Still on the run. Here is uh, Deshaun Jackson finally cut down. It is Mr. Big Stuff, Marcel Darius, who makes the tackle that ends it. What a crazy play. Last play of the game. Desperation play by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Buffalo Bills, who made more than their share of mistakes today, get away with a victory, a 30-27 to victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a wildly entertaining game. We talked about the Giants earlier, and I brought up the Jets here. So clearly you're not tanking. This is a team that's good enough to win eight games, maybe. Josh McCown, of all people, has exceeded expectations, but he made one of the dumbest throws I've seen a quarterback make. That last interception in the fourth quarter is why he's Josh McCown, and he has played above expectation this year for a team that wasn't supposed to win a game, according to some people. But man, oh man, go watch that throw. By the way, uh, Jay Cutler, we told you not to fall in love with Jay Cutler because he'll do Jay Cutler things. Now he's getting injured in this case, but Matt Moore comes in and people could not be more over the moon about Matt Moore today. And I'm like, he played great and deserves credit for that. But there's a reason Matt Moore has not put a grapple hold on being a starting quarterback in the NFL yet. This isn't like some mystery they unearthed yesterday. Whoa, who's this guy? He's still Matt Moore. And on that note, we'll take a break. Blind side is coming up. Always an adventure. And what Seth Goldberg has lined up for us, he's got 10 questions. I don't know what they are. You don't know what they are. But we're going to answer them. Stay right there. You're on the block. Thank you. Bye-bye.